Support for WABE comes from the Community Foundation for Greater Atlanta. If you love Atlanta, you can invest in the big picture. Learn more at cfgreateratlanta.org. I'm Erlon Woods. I'm Nigel Poor. We're the hosts and creators of Ear Hustle from PRX's Radiotopia. Ear Hustle is a show about life inside prison, but it's not your typical prison podcast. In this next season, we've got stories about the objects people keep inside their prison cells. About residents in a women's prison who say they want to stay there. And the most beautiful prison garden. Erlon, I will never forget it. Ear Hustle. Stories about life on the inside, told by those who live it. Find Ear Hustle wherever you get your podcasts. From WABE in Atlanta, welcome to this Wednesday edition of Closer Look. I'm Rose Scott. Tragedy again, an all-too-familiar occurrence. This time, eight people killed here in the Atlanta and Cherokee County areas. Now, we'll begin with the latest details regarding these deadly spa shootings that took place last evening. I just finished with a conversation with WABE's Lisa Hagan, who attended a press conference. Lisa, thanks for taking the time. Thank you, Rose. Let's begin with an update regarding the exact number of those killed. Does it still stand at eight? Yes, that is what we know. Um, there is one person injured, and, and that's, as far as we know, the only survivor of, of the, these attacks. And let's begin in Cherokee County. We know four people or five people in total were shot, but four were killed, correct? Break down in terms of race and, and gender who these individuals were that we know so far. Yeah, it looks like we've got uh, three people with uh, Asian names here. So we, I mean, if we can make some assumptions there, um, it looks like one guy, I know that two white men uh, or white people were, were shot. Uh, not, we don't have a lot of information about mm-hmm. who these folks were or, or what they were doing in the place. And then here in Atlanta, more shootings took place at the aromatherapy spa and then across the street, the gold spa. Uh, the victims as well. Can you break that down for us? Who the victims uh, were? You, you know, I don't have those victims in front of me. Um, the APD hasn't released uh, a, a, the, the information mm-hmm. on that yet. But um, yeah, I, as as I'm sure you know, that's that's right next to our work and, and yeah. where you are now. And and the only information we do know so far is that they're saying that perhaps of the eight that were killed. Six might have been women of Asian descent. That's pretty much all that we know as of right now. Hmm. Yes, indeed. Lisa, let's go through the timeline of of events if we can for a moment. And we're starting with Cherokee County. You were at that press conference. This was a multi-law enforcement effort to capture the suspect. Can you briefly just give our listeners how many different law agencies were involved here? Oh, geez. Um, well, we've got the Cherokee County's uh, Sheriff's Office, Chris County Sheriff's Office, APD, Atlanta Police Department, and uh, the FBI is involved in, in coordinating. I don't believe they've brought in the, the Georgia Bureau of Investigation yet. Um, but yeah, all hands on deck for this, obviously. And what we heard from Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms was that he would have been on his way to Florida is what he told law enforcement to continue. It sounds like um, his his violent rampage. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it is good that he was captured. And we're talking about the suspected shooter here who we also understand has admitted to quote his role. It's 21 year old Robert Aaron Long. Now, Lisa, there's some news that came out of the press conference that you attended. Authorities were reluctant to call this a racially motivated act. It sounds to me like these these, these locations, he sees them as an outlet for him, that something that he shouldn't be doing, and that uh, an issue with porn, and that he was attempting to take out that temptation. And we know it's early on in the investigation, but I imagine there were lots of follow-up questions regarding that statement. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, for what it's worth, we heard from law enforcement that they were very, uh, they insisted on asking those questions of of the suspect. Um, And he just he he denied it. So that's what we have from from his end. Of course, you know, there has been 
a, a lot of, of coverage and stories about violence against Asian Americans all over the country, mm-hmm. um, especially in, in you know, large cities. So it's there's no question that that people in Asian American communities are feeling, you know, vulnerable and feeling this hurt. However, uh, you know, the the from uh, the horse's mouth in this case, we have someone who is claiming his own words that he has a sex addiction. Mm -hmm. Um, And what what law enforcement told us was that he was attempting to eliminate what what he thought of as an unwanted uh, temptation for him. And and his plan, according to police, again, uh, was to head down to Florida to continue um, being violent towards people in the, you know, quote, porn industry. Mm -hmm. So that's what we know. Yeah, those were his words. And Lisa, before we let you go, uh, at this moment, this suspect, the shooter, Robert Aaron Long, is, has yet to be transported from Crisp County where he was apprehended and he has not been brought back to Atlanta or Cherokee County as of yet at the time of this broadcast. That's right. I think he might be in Cherokee County currently, but um, I'm, I'm not sure what the plans are for when mm-hmm. he'll be transferred. I, I understand he will be arranged tomorrow, but not sure where. Mm-hmm. WABE's Lisa Hagan. Lisa, thank you so much. We've all been very busy since last night and early this morning. Thank you so much for the update. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Rose. Take care. And that was my conversation with WABE's Lisa Hagan. Now, Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms was among those, along with the many law enforcement officials in that press conference from earlier today. We're going to have a little bit more from the press conference. We'll start with Mayor Bottoms. So obviously, whatever the motivation um, was for this guy, we we know uh, that many of the victims, the majority of the victims were Asian. Um, We also know that this is an issue that's happening across the country. It is unacceptable. It is hateful. And it has to stop. That being said, we are coordinating in real time uh, to make sure that our communities have the resources that they need. Uh, We have not seen a significant uptick in formal complaints within the city of Atlanta, but obviously this is a large metropolitan region, uh, and, and we know that we are, we're hearing the stories. We're seeing them on television. We're seeing them on social media, so we certainly are aware, and we stand ready to provide any additional resources. Now, that is Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms. Now, as to what authorities are conclu- concluding so far from the shooter, Robert Aaron Long, here's Cherokee County Sheriff Frank Reynolds. We did interview him last night. He is currently in our facility at the Cherokee County Adult Detention Center. Uh, we were able to interview him uh, with the Atlanta Police Department and the FBI. Um, he made indica- uh, ind- indicators that um, uh, he has... Uh, some some issues, uh, potentially uh, sexual addiction, and um, uh, may have frequented some of these places in the past. And, um, and but as the chief indicated, it's still early on. We still have a lot of uh, uh, things to process. And and that prompted a lot of questions from members of the media. Moments later, Captain Jay Baker of Cherokee County gave a few more details. The suspect did uh, take responsibility for the shootings. Um, he. Uh, said that early on once we began the interviews with him. Um, he claims that these, and as the chief said, we know this is still early, but he does claim that it was not racially motivated. He apparently has an issue, uh, what he considers a, a, a sex fiction, and sees these locations as something that allows him to, to, um, to go to these places, and, and it's a temptation for him that he wanted to eliminate. Um, that, that, like I said, it's still early on. But those were, those were comments that he made. And, of course, NPR and WAB News will have more throughout the day and later during All Things Considered, hosted locally today by Sam Whitehead. Now, we do have the names of those killed and injured in Cherokee County. This is what we know so far. Here's what the names have been given to us. Delania Ashley Yan, 33 years of age. Paul Andre Michaels, 54. Zhao Xing Yang, 49. Dao Yu Fing, 44. All were killed. Elisis R. Hernandez Ortiz, age 30, injured, uh, is still in the hospital. And we are awaiting the names of the two Atlanta spa shootings. Now, we'll take a break. When we come back, I'll be joined by House Representative B. Wynn. This is Closer Look.
Closer Look continues now here on 90.1 WABE. This is Atlanta's Choice for NPR. I'm Rose Scott. Our coverage today will focus on those deadly shootings that took place last evening in Cherokee County, of course, here in the Atlanta area. Down at the state capitol today before session got fully underway, many lawmakers took to the floor. And that includes Democratic Representative B. Wynn of District 89. She joins me now. Representative Wynn, thank you for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Rose. Thanks for having me on. So many of you all and your your former lawmakers took to the floor today to express grief, maybe even some outrage. Um, A lot of folks spoke. What did you tell your fellow lawmakers? Well, I wanted to really highlight that this is not new. The hate against AAPI in this country and that we have seen an increase in hate crimes in the last year. Um, They have increased by 150%. And of those that are reported, the majority of them are um, Asian American women who are the victims, Um, 68% Asian American women. Um, It is in the context of the pandemic, the rhetoric used by the most powerful leader in our country who assigned a global pandemic to a specific country. And that um, resulted in xenophobia against all Asians in the United States. Um, But it is a larger picture when we take into account the history of Asian Americans and everything that they have endured in this country. And so I wanted to remind my colleagues that the rhetoric does matter, that our leadership does matter. And this is not a single isolated event that happened, but it's a continuation of violence that has been experienced by Asian Americans in this country. And the fact that you gave the statistics there, and we know that this spike in violent crimes against Asian Americans and and those of Asian descent who call America home, that has been on the rise. In through your lens, has not enough attention been paid in terms of legislation, immediate legislation or law enforcement? And I'm asking you to critique them, but if that's what you want, obviously you can do that. Law enforcement paying close attention to this and perhaps it, being able to work with Asian American communities to, to maybe give them more security or more support wherever they, it is needed. You know, in the Georgia General Assembly, what I have seen in my time there, um, this is my fourth session, is that there has been introductions of anti-immigrant legislation and the majority of times our AAPI organizers and communities are fighting against the introduction of things that would hurt our community. Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, we're overlooked um, in almost every aspect of our lives. An example is the pandemic when it did hit last year, we've been in this in a year, for a year, um, there weren't any conversations about language access and how do we get information to communities that don't speak English as their first language. The AAPI community is extremely diverse and we have a lot of people who are not native English speakers like my parents. And so we are asking for the recognition of humanity um, when it comes to things like public health And when the governor lifted his order um, for the shutdown, it was a lot of AAPI workers who had to go back to work. Mm -hmm. When you're opening up industries like nail salons, cosmetology, hospitality, uh, massage parlors, those are our AAPI workers. And we don't have those conversations. The conversations that we have around the AAPI community um, only tend to happen in the framework of either a model minority Um, or until something as tragic as this event happened yesterday. So certainly not enough attention Um, in general. We talk about it as an invisibility. Uh, We are largely an invisible community that only gets attention um, when a crime like this happens or when we had unprecedented turnout for the November election. Mm. But in general, um, the needs are not being met. And Rose, I would also say that I think the role of law enforcement in the AAPI community is probably very similar to, um, you know, how black and brown Georgians view law enforcement, which is we want to stay safe, but is the trust there? Are those relationships there? Will it make us safer? And then when you add in the complexity of immigration status, I don't know that law enforcement is the answer to that. 
I want to get your thoughts, and it is early, but law enforcement so far are reluctant to call the recent yesterday's deadly shootings racially motivated. You heard some of the clips that we played. First, Representative Wynn, your reaction to what we're hearing from law enforcement about this? Well, you know, it's disappointing, not just from the um, angle of law enforcement, but from the angle of media, because it is very clear he went to three Asian businesses and that six Asian women were killed. And whether or not the alleged suspect in custody admits that it was motivated by um, racial whether he admits it's a racial motivation, Mm -hmm. it does not take away from the fact that it was a very targeted killing. Mm -hmm. These were targeted businesses that he chose. And I think one of the businesses has the the word Asian in it Mm -hmm. Um, and that we have six Asian American women killed. And I think something that we need to talk about as Americans is also the sexualization of Asian American women It is accepted by America. We see it in media. We see it in Hollywood. Um, And every single person who thinks about Asian parlors, who drives past them, there is, you know, the understanding that there's potentially an underground sex working industry there that is just accepted by everybody as the norm. We are sex objects. And so you cannot separate the intersections of race, misogyny, Um, And so I hope that when people look at this incident, they remember that those things cannot be teased apart, regardless of whether or not the alleged suspect chooses to admit them or understands them himself. Is there anything that you believe as lawmakers, we're talking about Georgia now, because let's remind everybody, Georgia just adopted its state hate crime law last year, uh, now just leaving three states without a state hate law. Uh, What you all as state lawmakers coming out of this tragedy, anything from a legislative standpoint that you think needs to be enacted or or proposed here? I don't know um, what the immediate legislative solutions are. Mm -hmm. I do know that as lawmakers, it is our responsibility to understand how rhetoric influences behaviors. And when we have, you know, a former president with the xenophobic rhetoric, that is going to impact how America as a society views Asian Americans. And, you know, in the legislative body, we need to stop seeing legislation that targets our communities as being others. And legislation that criminalizes our community Um, we need to stop seeing the introductions of things like driver's license that have non-citizen markers on them. Mm -hmm. Um, We need to end these contracts with immigration because we see that it does not keep our communities safer. And this is exactly an example where potentially members of the community wouldn't go to law enforcement because of fears as it pertains to deportation and citizenship. Um, So certainly... It is making sure we stop any of those efforts, but also thinking about um, how we can pass legislation that enables all immigrants, all Asian Americans to have access to the same things that we need when it comes to living our lives here from a public health perspective, um, but from a public safety perspective, and even from a voting rights perspective as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, making sure that when we go to the polls and we vote, there's access to translated material. Um, those are all the things that impact our community um, that are unique to us, but also reflect some of the needs of other immigrants as a whole in Georgia. Representative Wim, you are very active in the community. Um, what will be your role now with this tragedy? And I know you've reached out to some organizations uh, in terms of helping the victims and their families. Have you all started those conversations? Our priority today and the coming days will be to um, prioritize the victims and their families and think about how we can support them from a financial perspective in terms of whether or not we can put together victims' con- compensation funds 
but also making sure we're listening to the businesses and the families and ensure that what they need is how we respond instead of automatically reverting to what we typically see in these situations, which tend to be things like um, requesting increased presence of law enforcement. So it's really centering the victims and their families, making sure that um, we tell the stories of Asian Americans in this country period, um, and that we cannot stand for any xenophobia. Um, and also, um, you know, making the connections between gun violence and this culture of violence and misogyny that has continued to result in the same profile of a young white man who goes into an establishment, a school, has easy access to firearms and just shoots everybody. Democratic Representative B. Wynn of District 89 here in Georgia. Representative Wynn, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Rose. We'll have more in just a moment. This is Closer Look. Support for WABE comes from the Community Foundation for Greater Atlanta. You can go beyond giving to impact. Learn more at cfgreateratlanta.org. The field of mental health counseling is growing rapidly, and Richmond Graduate University can equip you with everything you need as a licensed professional counselor while integrating your faith into your clinical practice. Programs are offered in Atlanta, Chattanooga, and online. Apply today at richmont.edu. That's R-I-C-H-M-O-N-T dot E-D-U. And Closer Look continues now here on 90.1 WABE. This is Atlanta's Choice for NPR. I'm Rose Scott. We continue with our coverage of those deadly spa shootings that took place last evening. Here's what we know so far. The latest eight people killed, six of them women of Asian descent. Authorities so far are reluctant to cite the deadly shootings as being, quote, racially motivated. Still, we can't ignore the rise in violent crimes of Asian against Asian Americans and those of Asian heritage who live here in the U.S. I'm joined. Now, I'm joined now by Aisha Yakub Mahoud. Uh, I'm sorry, Mahmoud, who is the executive director of the Norcross Base Asian American Advocacy Fund. She joins me now. Aisha, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you, Rose, for having me. Uh, let me just start, and it may seem like a silly question, so I I apologize, but just your reaction as you heard all of this that was unfolding yesterday. Uh, I think I, I took it the same way a lot of our community members took it, and that was with a lot of grief um, and sadness and anxiety um, just to learn more, um, wanting to make sure we had all the information possible um, before we really speak out and, and talk about those next steps. You have worked with so many organizations from immigrant rights to civic engagement. I know you founded the Georgia Muslim Voter Project. You worked as the policy director for Asian Americans advancing justice here in Atlanta. When you, we know that there has been this increase in violent crimes against the Asian community, and we can trace this back to when the coronavirus, the pandemic, all that started. That is, that is a reality. We know that to be true. Um, I'll ask you the same question I asked Representative B. Wynn in terms of could more have been addressed in terms of law enforcement reaching out to the communities, coming up with a plan. And you heard B, uh, Representative Wynn talk about communicating with the various communities within the Asian population. Your thoughts on all of that? Yeah, um, I mean, the the racism and the xenophobia faced in the Asian American community has definitely been heightened over the last year um, in the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, but it's not new, um, as Representative 
uh, Wynn had mentioned. Um, our communities have been um, experiencing um, hate for many years from everything from the Chinese Exclusion Act, Japanese internment, um, all of the wars that have led people to flee their countries and become refugees here in the United States. Um, we have been under attack by all of these things that are, are tied back to white supremacy. Um, and a lot of this is, is not new to us, but of course it's been heightened over the last year um, because of the, the comments and the rhetoric around the pandemic. But um, I, I don't know that what we're looking for is a law enforcement approach. Mm-hmm. Um, what we are looking for is more of a um, more uplifting of the need for safety and security amongst our own communities. Um, What we're looking for is a community-centered approach and making sure that we are supporting our families and our businesses and our women where they need it most. And oftentimes that's not through law enforcement. Um, And so to answer your question about what more could have been done, um, I think there was a a serious lack of coverage in in the media around these attacks. And especially in places like Georgia, where, um, you know, maybe we hadn't seen reported acts of violence against Asian American communities, but we know it happened. We know that our Asian American businesses were being attacked. We know that our um, our, um, our our workers and our families were were constantly being afraid to either show up to their place of business or to send their um, students to school. So um, it's not something new, but but we we just needed that additional coverage to make sure that people were listening and aware of what we really needed from them. And Aisha, what have you been hearing so far from folks? Yeah, we've we've been hearing the same, the the grief, the sadness, the trauma. Um, Our our community members are scared. Um, They want to make sure that what happened yesterday doesn't happen again. Um, And they're not sure how how to do that. You know, we obviously want to make sure that that we bring transformative justice into this space, but we don't know what that's going to look like. And as we continue to get more information about these incidents, I'm sure we'll have a clearer picture of what that really means. You know, often we in the media and we, we, we are scolded. I believe someone just scolded me on Twitter. We are scolded about why do you put so much emphasis on the the alleged shooter or, 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 or you know, the, the suspect. Uh, but we also realize that we, we need to inform people and we can only inform what we're given by law enforcement. You heard the cuts that we played in the press conference. Your reaction to what authorities say this shooter alleges in terms of the motivation? Uh, I mean, I think we all, um, we we feel and we know that um, the attacks may have been motivated by anti-Asian sentiment or xenophobia. That's not, um, I know that's not what, what has been alleged, but just knowing what has happened and seeing the impacts of, of this violence has a profound impact on our communities. And regardless of those motivations, we know that in particular amongst Asian women, these attacks have been increasing and incidents like these will further perpetuate the xenophobia and the anti-Asian sentiment in our community. So I think the question really is now, how can we make sure that we're centering the impacted families and the impacted communities who are um, oftentimes left out of, um, you know, victim support or Mm -hmm. other types of community safety efforts because of language or immigration barriers. So I think the conversation now is really about how can we best support the impacted families and keep in mind the various barriers that exist, whether it be immigration, Mm -hmm. language access, um, uh, work status, class status, all of those things. Aisha, you mentioned a, a reference there. You talked about transformative justice. And for listeners who may not understand mm-hmm. what that looks like, let's dissect that for them further. When we talk about transformed, yeah, transformative I mean, transform- justice. Yeah. Yeah. Transformative justice, it, it is going to be a, a long process to make sure that all of the impacted people have an opportunity to really um, address what it is they need from from this situation, right? It, it may not um, appear through the lens of law enforcement. It may not appear through the lens of any sort of judicial action, but making sure that all the the wrongs have been righted and that anyone that are any one of our community members that are feeling the impacts of this um, of this violence and the fear of what is to come has something that they can look forward to and say this is the solution. And so um, I can't speak for what that justice will look like. Um, we're 
actively having conversations mm-hmm. um, on, on an hourly basis with, with our community to figure out what the best path is forward. And um, we, will, we will be having many um, vigils and public conversations and um, actions that we'll be taking to make sure that we can get us to that point. And as we let you go, Aisha, as you reflect on the events of yesterday and then moving forward, uh, not just beyond this this tra- tragedy here, but also with a new administration, uh, what is your hope then comes out of all of this? Yeah, um, there are conversations happening um, at the federal level around um, anti-Asian violence. I know that there are some conversations happening um, this week. There are uh, we're we're glad to see Representative Wynn and Senator Al at the state level uplifting some of these conversations. Um, but what I really think comes next is making sure that we are addressing addressing the holistic needs of the Asian American community. Um, obviously, recognizing the impacts of this act of violence, but also taking a larger look at um, the other societal needs, the other um, financial security, safety needs that may exist, and making sure that we are constantly talking about the ways that our community is um, disenfranchised and working with our allies and partner organizations to make sure that we don't see this act of violence ever again. Aisha Yaqub Mahmoud is the executive director of the Norcross Base Asian American Advocacy Fund. Aisha, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Closer Look continues now here on 90.1 WABE. This is Atlanta's Choice for NPR. I'm Rose Scott. Joining me now is Stephanie Cho. She is the executive director for Asian Americans Advancing Justice Atlanta. Now, Stephanie has been the executive director uh, for a while now, but she brings over 20 years of experience in labor and community organizing, strategy planning, and fundraising at many local and national events. She's been on this program before. We thank her for taking the time. Stephanie, welcome. Thank you, Rose. What is your morning and midday and afternoon been like so far? Um, I just saw that you had Aisha, my colleague, on. Mm-hmm. Um, so this morning we were um, on a community call and then just been on uh, coordinated calls uh, all day trying to figure out information, um, triage the immediate needs of the community members and um, deal with the collective trauma, not just um, for the families and uh, the victims, but also for the collective trauma that is all of the Asian American community, not just here in Atlanta, but nationally is really reeling from today. And I, I can only imagine that task when you talk about, you know, somehow coming up with a plan, a triage plan. What what does that typically detail, Stephanie? We had a community call this morning with legislators, with community members, with folks that do DV, folks that do direct services, legal services, et cetera, just so that we could have everybody on the call. Um, And we're going to have this call um, every day this week, really just to make sure that we're um, connecting and talking with each other. Um, Some folks have um, work, are working on mutual aid work. Some people are working on a vigil or vigils Mm -hmm. um, that have been requested by the community. Some folks are um, talking to national organizations about how they can plug in both um, local, uh, both uh, Asian and uh, larger BIPOC community. And then um, it's also talking about, you know, next steps, you know, how this uh, tragedy, is there are ways that we can look at 
um, you know, further policy change. But our first real um, point is to look within the community, get the information that we need, real information, make sure that people are safe um, that, um, and are um, getting the basic needs that they need right mm-hmm. now, because that's our main concern. When I spoke with uh, Representative B. Wynn, who was on earlier, and she talked about she said, you know, look, let's be really clear. Often when we hear about our, our Asian American and maybe Pacific Islanders in the media, in the news media, it's either due to something related to voting or she said now because, you know, there's not enough attention paid to the overall plight and needs and resources of the Asian American community in general. And now, you know, we have this tragedy. And so now there's attention being paid to it. You agree with her that, listen, we should have been paying more to the plight of Asian Americans living in this nation prior to this? I think we all agree that we should have been um, uh, paying attention to how white supremacy is really dominating and really has really infected so many people and levels of government to local uh, community issues to just interpersonal interactions. And I think, um, you know, within the Asian American community, it's not a new um, uh, discrimination issue, right? I mean, Asian Americans have a history of being considered a perpetual a perpetual foreigner mm-hmm. um, for years, no matter how long that they've assimilated. And I think, you know, with COVID and that new blame, right, with um, uh, blame on the Asian American community, and now it's just spread. You know, um, this is what everybody feared, right? Is these smaller acts of violence and harassment would actually come to this. And it actually happened in Atlanta. Well, let me get your thoughts on that, because it, it, obviously that has been the conversation, uh, whether people want to hear it or not, because some folks have already alerted me that it's unfair to say that this is a racially motivated um, crimes. You know, everyone is entitled to their opinion. Uh, well, we heard what law enforcement had to say, what the what the gentleman, what the young, what Robert Aaron Long had to say, that this was not racially motive, motivated, that this was due to what he says is a sex addiction. However, in order to alleviate that, he felt the need to go and shoot and kill people. So your thoughts on that? It's clearly racially motivated <laughs> um, and it's and also gender uh, related as well. Um, if you're not looking at it as in a lens of it being gender-based violence, I don't understand what else it could be. He targeted, you know, some uh, uh, spas, um, right? Which has, and he didn't target a certain kind of spa. He targeted a spas where Asian women work, predominantly work. You know, this whole thing and this sort of sexualized Asian violence against women is disgusting. And for him to say that, obviously he's going to defend himself and his lawyers are gonna defend him, right? But you ask a regular person, do you think it was motivated in this way? And most people would be like, yes. Why else would he go to three different places and travel so far? It is, it's, it's beyond um, upsetting and troubling and especially as a Asian woman who's also raising an Asian woman, (laughs) you know, a future Asian woman, I'm like, this is the real issue. And the sexualized Asian violence is is something that isn't talked about. So to your other point, you know, it's not just about the violence. It's when you're looking at these attacks that are happening on um, the Asian American community, so many of them are happening to women, older women, right? And now women in their workplace, Right. In vulnerable situations. And there's a reason for that. I asked Representative Wynn and I asked your colleague Aisha in terms of, you know, we can talk about is there more legislation? And, you know, and you sort of addressed this when you talked about the plight of the Asian-American community. We could talk about, you know, what needs to happen. But through your lens now, um, Stephanie, um, what are the those immediate actionable outcomes that, that, that could come out of this to, to change things? And I know that's a that's a that's an open-ended, very broad question, you know? 
I think really the mental health piece seems so huge and then health in general. Um, you know, I, I look at sort of um, somebody in an essential worker situation like these, like these women, mm -hmm. right? We're in, um, and I think about um, just the businesses that have been, you know, trying to keep afloat, you know, throughout this whole thing. And I just feel like there just hasn't been enough relief overall um, for particularly Asian businesses that have been targeted, you know. Um, and I, I wonder about, um, you know, the quick move to go through policy and policy change right now. Mm -hmm. um, I think um, in the past, I think I would have also moved to a quick, like, quippy answer and say, like, we need to do this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. And I think what I'm learning, especially during um, uh, COVID, is that we actually need to listen more uh, to community members, deeply understand what it is that they need, and go with that instead of move so quickly into the policy change of like, we need to make sure that there's gun control. We need to make sure that there's, um, you know, um, like charges as a hate crime, et cetera, because there's still so much information I actually also don't know. And I want to hear more from the impacted people. Stephanie, as we let you go, you talked about the immediate needs for the community and the families. And then what will organizations like you all do? I know you all have a huge collective then beyond this. And you just talked about you can't really come up with a list, but do you have some idea about what then needs to happen? I think we are um, working on figuring out better ways to address um, issues of violence within our communities that are not increasing police. Um, and it's um, looking at restorative justice in different kinds of ways and being able to talk about that um, really deeply within our own community and address the racism inside our own communities as well. Um, this is a moment um, where we can really um, come together and start to figure out better ways because the ways that we've been dealing with our collective trauma um, has not really been working and is just causing more issues within our own community. Um, and then within um, sort of a larger PSA model is really like looking at what is it that, what is the, what is the real issue here? Mm -hmm. Is it white supremacy? Is it a combination of white supremacy and um, misogyny? Is it a combination of white supremacy, misogyny and just xenophobia? And then really as, as an organization of just not even in Atlanta, but nationally is how we can really lift up that story um, and really talk about it deeply. Right now, you know, um, in Georgia, there aren't uh, Asian American, there's very little Asian American studies here, mm -hmm. you know, and um, I think there's just a lack of history um, that's really recorded here. Stephanie Chose, the Executive Director for Asian Americans Advancing Justice Atlanta. Stephanie, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Rose. And again, as we all know, and if you don't know, that eight people were killed yesterday evening, Atlanta and Cherokee County, spa shootings, deadly spa shootings. We're going to give you an update just so far of what we know. I spoke with WABE's Lisa Hagan, who attended a press conference earlier today. Lisa, thanks for taking the time. Thank you, Rose. Let's begin with an update regarding the exact number of those killed. Does it still stand at eight? Yes. That is what we know. Um, there is one person injured, and, and that's, as far as we know, the only survivor of, of the, these attacks. And let's begin in Cherokee County. We know four people or five people in total were shot, but four were killed, correct? Break down in terms of race and, and gender who these individuals were that we know so far. Yeah, it looks like we've got uh, three people with... Uh, Asian names here. So we, I mean, if we can make some assumptions there, um, it looks like one guy, I know that two white men uh, or white people were, were shot. Uh, not, we don't have a lot of information about who these folks were or, or what they were doing in the place. 
And then here in Atlanta, more shootings took place at the Aromatherapy Spa and then across the street, the Gold Spa. Uh, the victims as well. Can you break that down for us? Who the victims uh, were? You, you know, I don't have those victims in front of me. Um, the APD hasn't released uh, a, a, a the information mm -hmm. on that yet but um yeah i as as i'm sure you know that's that's right next to our work and, and yeah. where you are now and and the only information we do know so far is that they're saying that perhaps of the eight that were killed six might have been women of asian descent that's pretty much all that we know as of right now hmm. that, yes indeed Lisa, let's go through the timeline of, of events, if we can, for a moment. And we're starting with Cherokee County. You were at that press conference. This was a multi-law enforcement effort to capture the suspect. Can you briefly just give our listeners how many different law agencies were involved here? Oh, geez. Um, well, we've got the Cherokee County's uh, Sheriff's Office, Chris County Sheriff's Office, APD, Atlanta Police Department, and uh, the FBI is involved in, in coordinating. I don't believe they've brought in the, the Georgia Bureau of Investigation yet. Um, but yeah, all hands on deck for this, obviously. And what we heard from Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms was that he would have been on his way to Florida is what he told law enforcement to continue. It sounds like um, is his violent rampage. Mm -hmm. uh, so it is good that he was captured. And we're talking about the suspected shooter here who we also understand has admitted to, quote, his role. It's 21 year old Robert Aaron Long. Now, Lisa, there's some news that came out of the press conference that you attended. Authorities were reluctant to call this a racially motivated act. It sounds to me like the, these, this, these locations, he sees them as an outlet for him, that something that he shouldn't be doing, and that uh, an issue with porn, and that he was attempting to take out that temptation. And we know it's early on in the investigation, but I imagine there were lots of follow-up questions regarding that statement. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, for what it's worth, we heard from law enforcement that they were very, uh, they insisted on asking those questions of, of the suspect. Um, and he just, he, he denied it. So that's what we have from, from his end. Of course, you know, there has been a, a lot of, of coverage and stories about violence against Asian Americans all over the country, mm -hmm. um, especially in, in, you know, large cities. So it's there's no question that that people in Asian American communities are feeling, you know, vulnerable and feeling this hurt. However, uh, you know, the the from uh, the horse's mouth in this case, we have someone who is claiming his own words that he has a sex addiction. Mm -hmm. um, and th what what law enforcement told us was that he was attempting to eliminate what what he thought of as an unwanted uh, temptation for him. And and his plan, according to police, again, uh, was to head down to Florida to continue um, being violent towards people in the, you know, quote, porn industry. Mm -hmm. right? So that's what we know. Yeah, those were his words. And Lisa, before we let you go, uh, at this moment, this suspect, the shooter, Robert Aaron Long, is, has yet to be transported from Crisp County where he was apprehended and he has not been brought back to Atlanta or Cherokee County as of yet at the time of this broadcast. That's right. I think he might be in Cherokee County currently, but um, I'm, I'm not sure what the plans are for when mm -hmm. he'll be transferred. I, I understand he will be arranged tomorrow, but not sure where. Mm. WABE's Lisa Hagan. Lisa, thank you so much. We've all been very busy since last night and early this morning. Thank you so much for the update. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Rose. Take care. And also Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms was among those, along with many multi-law enforcement officials in that press conference today. We're going to play a little bit of what she had to say. Here is Mayor Bottoms. So obviously, whatever the motivation um, was for this guy, we, we know uh, that many of the victims, the majority of the victims were Asian. Um, we also know that this is an issue that's happening across the country. It is unacceptable. It is hateful. And it has to stop. That being said, we are coordinating in real time uh, to make sure that our communities have the resources that they need. Uh, we have not seen a significant uptick in 
formal complaints within the city of Atlanta, but obviously this is a large metropolitan region. Uh, and, and we know that we are, we're hearing the stories. We're seeing them on television. We're seeing them on social media. So we certainly are aware and we stand ready to provide any additional resources. Now, that is, of course, Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms. Make sure you stay with NPR and WAB News. We'll have more throughout the day and later during All Things Considered here hosted locally by Sam Whitehead. And we do have the names of those killed and injured in Cherokee County. Delania Ashley Yan, 33. Paul Andre Michaels, 54. Jaishao Jing Yang, 49. Yu Fing, 44. They were killed in the Cherokee County spa killings. And Elysius R. Hernandez Ortiz, age 30, was injured. We have not received the names of those who were killed in the Atlanta spa shootings. We hope to have those by news later in Newsday during uh, All Things Considered, hosted by Sam Whitehead. This is Closer Look. And that's it for this edition of Closer Look, which is produced by Grace Walker and LaShawn Hudson. We thank our WABE news team for today's help, as well as our digital team. Uh, We have more information on our website regarding uh, the shootings that took place yesterday. So head over there if you need more information. And as always, stay tuned to NPR and WABE. Our engineer is Kevin Ranker. And if you missed any of today's show, it's online at wabe.org slash Closer Look. And of course... Closer Look weeknights at 8 p.m. As well as on our podcast, subscribe to Closer Look wherever you like. Stay tuned to 90.1 WABE, Atlanta's choice for NPR. I'm Rose Scott. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Local, state, national politics. WABE and NPR have the coverage you need. I'm Jim Burris, host of WABE's All Things Considered. Whether it's on the air at 90.1, streaming online, or connecting through our mobile app, WABE keeps you on top of election 2024 in what's sure to be a pivotal year in politics. And for candidates and ballot information, visit our election hub at wabe.org election 2024.